Hi, listeners. My name is Naputaya Tanaset. And my name is Michael Waits. Our guest today is Vidit Agrawal, the CEO and co-founder of Gajigesa, a financial health platform for employees with a vision of helping Indonesians to be financially independent. Hi, Vidit. How are you? Hi, Nat. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you, Michael? I am awesome. Vidit, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much. Oh, pleasure is all mine. Thanks for inviting Thank you, everyone, for joining the call today. So, Vidit, you have worked in multiple tech companies across many different sectors and roles, including partnerships for Stripe, for APAC, COO of Caro, and multiple roles at Uber, with the last role being partnerships lead for Southeast Asia. Apart from that, I saw that you're also an advisor and angel investor at multiple tech companies as well. So what motivated you to found Gaji Gesa after taking multiple operation roles? Uh, well, the credit goes to my co-founder, who's also my wife, Martina. Her last role was a product director for Lendo EFL. At Lendo EFL, she spent a lot of time in factories across Indonesia and the rest of Southeast Asia, speaking to blue-collar workers to credit score them. As she was speaking to all the blue-collar workers, one thing she realized was there was absolutely no employee benefits across the board. And also, a lot of these blue-collar workers were stuck in predatory lending. In my days in Uber and Caro, when I was dealing with Uber drivers or mechanics and workshop guys in Caro, I saw similar challenges being faced. And when we looked at the market, it was a massive market. 48 million Indonesians make less than 650 US dollars a month. And over 60% of them have taken an informal loan in the last one year. So that's where we started with the vision of Let's work together and solve the problem of blue-collar workers to help them build financial independence and take them out of this vicious cycle of a loan shark. That's awesome. So in a nutshell, can you explain to our listeners what is Gajigesa doing to help employees get out of this financial vicious cycle? Yeah, sure. Gajigesa is an employee wellness app for blue-collar workers in Indonesia. We partner with employers to create financial, health, and education benefits for their employees with minimum cost to the employer. Our core product today is something called earned wage access. What that means is that employees can withdraw their earned salary, pro rata salary, at any point of time in the month, and all this happens under the purview of the employer. That's providing employees clean access to capital. That's amazing. So Indonesia is very interesting market for fintech. I'm personally from Thailand, and I think fintech in Indonesia has been developing very fast over the past few years. And one of the reasons is because regulators have been quite proactive at regulating the industry while ensuring that innovation can thrive, right? So the first generation of fintech companies we see are payments and P2P lenders over the past few years. Then things started to change with a new model of consumer play or consumer financing coming up, earn which access is one of them. So I'm curious to know why now is the time for earn wage access in Southeast Asia? Yeah, great question. And timing is just about right for multiple reasons. Uh, firstly, the model has been very successful globally. When you look in the US market, you've got even you've got PayActive and you've got multiple other players that have become unicorns. In UK, we always look up to Baitstream, who've done a great job in solving problems for the blue collar workers. So it's, it's just the right time to bring that model to uh, Southeast Asia. 
Secondly, we all know last one and a half year has been very tough for the employer as well as the employees. And a lot of employees are struggling you know, to make ends meet and employers are struggling to keep and retain their employees as well as create some value for them. So COVID you know, accelerated the growth of EWA. Other point of timing would be, which something you mentioned, is recognition of the challenges of loan sharks, like how predatory in nature it is and the negative impact it causes the blue-collar workers' lives. Other reasons, you know, Indonesia, we're seeing a huge shift in the last five to 10 years where the unbanked customers, we did not use any bank accounts or any uh, touch of financial tech, have started moving to the underbank category where they at least have a bank account therefore allowing EWA to succeed. And lastly, you know, when you look at the banking infrastructure, a while ago, a few years ago, it used to take up to a day or two days to transfer within Indonesia. Now we are reaching a stage where there are instant transfers across all bank accounts in Indonesia, and that allows the growth of earned wage access and similar you know, beneficial models for employees across Indonesia. Mm. So what's a user journey look like? Let's say you partner with... A company that hires me and then how do I access your product? Where does the bank account fit into the picture? Sure. So we are a B2B company. What that means is we partner with the employers. We explain them the benefits of Kajigas and all the employee benefits which we can offer to their employees and the value it creates for them. Then we go through a discovery session to understand the needs of the employer and their employee. And when you look across the industry, the need of a tech employer versus a retail store versus a factory is very different. So we analyze that and create the product based on the needs. And then we just launch the program as an employee benefit program across the company. It's a very seamless experience. So employees are given access to the app. We work with the employer through that. And then, you know, they can start using the app. When they open it, they see the accrued salary which they have and they can withdraw at any time. Instantly, it's in their bank account. Okay. So it's still pretty much limited to is it white collar customer uh, users in, in like, you know, traditional big companies. No, actually, a lot of our focus is blue-collar workers. So a large point, uh, user base of ours is making less than 10 million Indonesian rupiah, less than 650 US dollars a month. So a common profile would be, you know, somebody working in a factory in a tier two town, tier three town, their salaries would range around 250 to 300, 400 US dollars, no employee benefits at all, no insurance provided. That's our target segment. And that's our, you know, first principle that we want to solve the challenges of a blue collar worker. It fits very well for white collar workers as well, but that is not exactly a target market. Yeah, I mean, white collar workers are going to have less of a problem with end of month payments or that kind of emergency payments, right? You would be surprised. Uh, <laughs> Southeast Asian culture is not around saving. But for us, we have to be true to our mission. And the mission is to you know, improve the lives of blue collar workers. And how does this work? So you partner with the sort of factories and other companies like this that have a lot of blue collar workers. They get a mobile app and through the mobile app, they can request a certain percentage of their salary. I presume you limit that as well. And then how long does it take for that salary to get into their bank? I presume they have to have a bank account or does it also work with a mobile wallet? Like let's say they have, I don't remember the name of the company, Ovo or what, because lots of mobile wallets, right? Does it work with the mobile wallets as well so they can have it really like instantaneously or do they have to go to an ATM to get the cash out? Yeah, great questions. Let me peel the onion one by one. Yeah. First question uh, you asked was that how quickly they can get the money 
you know, it's instant transfer. So we work with an employer, the employer decides the limit. Again, you know, it's up to the employer how they want to present the product to the employee. So they decide how much the employees can withdraw. The employee withdraws, it's instant transfer. So the moment the withdrawal happens within you know, a few minutes, a uh, few seconds to a minute, the money would reach into their bank account or it could reach to their e-wallets as well. So today, you know, as long as they have a bank account, they can get the money or they can get it in Ovo, GoPay, Linkaja, Dana, Shopee Pay. We have integrations with all the major e-wallets and therefore, you know, the money reaches them instantly again. So we provide a breadth of services. We do not provide cash uh, withdrawals today. Got it. But if it goes into their bank account, they can just go to an ATM and take the money out, yeah? Exactly. So yeah. it's up to the employee from there on on how they want to use Super. the money and they can go ahead and withdraw or they can make a transfer. It's completely under their control. It's, it's like their own salary. Right. And do you partner with banks on the other side as well? So today we provide with third-party payment gateways. The infrastructure, the, the payment capability of Indonesia has improved today quite a lot. So we don't have to, as a fund transfer provider, we don't have to uh, go and integrate with each bank itself. We just use a third-party payment gateway. Is there a UPI like there is in India? So the universal payment interface in India has been a boon to payment services and just e-commerce in general, right? Is there something like that in Indonesia? So unified payment interface in India has been a game changer for the market. Instant transfers across all bank accounts in India up to a certain limit. Unfortunately, that product is limited to Singapore. We have something called PayNow in Singapore. There is uh, in Singapore there's FPX in Malaysia. So you know there are certain countries that provide that product. Indonesia doesn't have an instant payment transfer product today, but hopefully you know the regulator is one of the most forward-looking we've seen in Indonesia compared to anywhere. So we look forward to having a UPI kind of a product at some stage there. That would be super, right? Yes, that'll be really cool because it's a game changer and instant transfers. People don't have to wait. P2P, C2C transfers become a lot easier. It's, it's going to be another you know, experience altogether for Indonesian users. Awesome. That's great. And I think for the thesis of earned wage access is that the risk is really low compared to other types of non-collateral consumer loan because you're basically underwriting the business that's employing the employees, right? Not the employees themselves. So you can use the business operating cash flow and also the payroll data so that you can figure out, hey, how long this employee is going to stay with the company? How much risk am I taking for advancing their, their wage, right? How do you actually integrate with companies to facilitate the whole payment process for the employees? Yeah, so we work with companies of all types. We see companies that are using an existing payroll provider and we integrate with a payroll provider to provide them a seamless experience. We've also seen companies that have built in-house solutions. So we go ahead and integrate that. And it's a very simple integration. It's not something that takes months. It always ends up few hours with zero work on the other end. And we do see factories which actually do not use any payroll provider. So think of the old traditional way of having a CSV file, bulk upload, and all is done. And we provide tools from Gajigesa's end that makes the life of the employer easy. And all the deductions are automatically added to the sheet. So again, providing minimum effort on the end of the HR. The way we approach the business is any kind of business that comes to us with any of the tool structures they follow, we should be able to support them. So just to clarify here, payroll provider meaning HR software, right? Exactly. Okay, gotcha. In Indonesia, there's something like 60 million SMEs, micro SMEs and warungs, right? 
And a lot of them have not been through any sort of digital transformation, which is why you see a company like Bukukas going out there and working with all of these companies. I think they have five or six million people on their plat- companies on their platform now. Is there a way for you to partner with them to then also provide these EWA services to their clients? Because at the beginning, like before they meet them, their clients have no digital transformation at all, right? Is that also an opportunity for you? Absolutely. So today we are largely focused on enterprise segment. When we work with SME of, you know, a small warong of four people, five people, yep. we'll have to rethink our model a bit. That includes how the you know the funds move, the risk capability of the model, as well as the overall presentation to the employee. But there is definite opportunity there because what we're also seeing is that they are reaching a certain scale where they would need to add the Buku Warungs and Buku Kasas would like to add more features on their application as well. So we definitely see them as partners. Understood. Mm. And do you see a need coming from that segment, especially on you know providing benefits to employee and tools to retain them? I think the need is across the board. So if you see a company of SME of 25 people, there is a need. If you see a single owner factory of 5,000 people, there is a need. And if you see a conglomerate of 200,000 employees, there is a need. At the end of the day, it also depends on the intent of the employer. Are they willing to provide benefits to their employees or not? It also depends on the kind of structure they follow. You know, when you look at smaller warungs, which Bukukas targets, often it may be a family-run business, husband, wife, so EWA may not be the product needed. So it comes down to the kind of business you're targeting at a minimum scale. But EWA model, earned wage access and employee benefits, works across the board for employers of all sizes. And... In the US or the UK, where it's more developed for EWA, I wonder if people are starting to see it as a table stake when they approach their career, think about which companies to join. Do you happen to see that that way? And how is it going to be in Southeast Asia going forward? Do you think that earn-rich access is going to be something that's a key for talent acquisition going forward? Yeah, so it's a two-sided way of looking at it. One is the employee benefit and one one is the employer benefit. Our users that are the employees, they absolutely love the product. We get great feedback and we've seen if even if there is a small delay from the employer, they would reach out to the employer and say why there is a delay of launching the program that month. Or often what we see is, especially you know, uh, in smaller towns where you'll see a row of factories across the road, if two factories are offering earned wage access through us and the others aren't, we would start getting queries from other employees of other factories to join the program. So definitely there would be an employee retention angle involved. It's still early in the cycle. You know, we've still, uh, you know, not even completed a year. So we're gathering data, but we can already see early signs. For an employer, we see multiple benefits. One being, of course, like we mentioned, employee retention. If you provide Kajigesa benefits, your employees will stay with you a lot longer. Secondly, in factory segments, there is something called cast bond, where you know the employers were doing informal offline loans for their employees, and the process could sometimes be, for the lack of better word, hazardous for oh my the HR. Sounds you know, terrible. Just imagine somebody walks <laughs> in and says, "Hey, please, I need help. Otherwise, I'm going to leave." The HR has to find capital, you know, get it approved, record that at the end of the month and remember to make sure that deduction happens. All that is a mess. Employers hate it. 
And when we come into the picture, everything's digitized and their problems solved. Lastly, and again, something we saw when Martina and I were in Indonesia late last year and this year, in the factories, 4 p.m., the shift ends and the workers come out. And one side of the road, there are loan sharks who want to give them money. And the other side of the road are the collectors. <laughs> and there's this oh, God. Bit of fish market scenario where really? you know, the collectors are chasing the... Yeah, it's, it's a crazy <gasps> thing to That's watch. crazy. And the other thing which we actually couldn't see, but we hear it about all about it all the time, is that if the employee is not able to pay on time and is avoiding the loan shark, the loan shark will enter the factory during the working hours. Sure. Will try to embarrass the individual, create nuisance. Factories absolutely hate that. And then, you know, we come into the picture. It's all under the purview of the employer. The employees are withdrawing based on what employers want them to employees can control the behavior and improve the lives of their employees. So that is why we get great reception from the employers. And today, you know, we're growing largely on inbound where the employees have started reaching out to us and saying, hey, can I onboard on Gajiges and offer these benefits to my employees? Yeah, that's great. That's great. So can you give us an understanding on how much different is it between going to a loan shark versus earn wage access product? It's a completely different experience. First of all, you can go to the app, you can only withdraw up to your earned wage access, which is whatever you've earned up till that point of time in the month. Anything you withdraw gets deducted from your salary by the employer at the end of the month. So it's within the cycle. Just think of getting paid early rather than a monthly cycle. It becomes like a dynamic experience of whenever you want to withdraw. A traditional loan shark will offer you money, and we've seen interest rates as high as 2% per day. day. Uh, But the standard would be anywhere from 20% a month to 30% a month. And then once the time is over, it's generally from the community, the loan shark, and he will start chasing you. If you can't pay, he'll come to your house. He'll embarrass you in front of your family, in front of your neighbors. And, you know, Indonesians are very community-driven, and that really hurts for the blue collar workers. So it could be a very predatory experience in nature overall. It, I mean, it's, it, is it legal in Indonesia to do loan sharking? So most of the loan shark businesses aren't properly registered. Loan shark is not legal. The Indonesian regulator OJK is, is against it. They're very forward looking and they've tried to curb it. But a lot of it happens in the community rather than, you know, proper organized channels. Yeah. So it's very tough for the regulator or the government to control such behavior. How about payday loans and other predatory lending stuff that happens in the United States? And actually, even in Japan, some of the consumer finance companies in Japan charge ridiculously high interest rates as well. And it's a it's a vicious cycle, right? Because once you get into it, it's almost impossible to get out of it. Do they have things like that in Indonesia as well? So uh, we have a lot of respect for the regulator again, because a yeah. lot of these apps used to exist but the regulator has been very strict. Any predatory lending, awesome. any lending that is unethical, they've in the past shut down those apps. And, you know, uh, they have tried to improve the quality. But again, Indonesia is a big market. So yeah, yeah. they continue to control that behavior, but it, it's just such a challenge overall. It's hard anywhere. It's hard. Yeah. 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 And when you say tier two, tier three cities that you're operating in, how does it look like? Because this is a country with, you know, Thousands of 18, islands. 18,000 islands. 
So that's the beauty of a tech company, right? Like you partner with the employer. We don't have physical touch points. We don't go and do physical training. We pitch to the product to the employer. Everything's been done online. All the employee trainings is a very basic training of how to use the app. You know, it's a few click apps, so it makes the life easier. Our experience is quite seamless. We don't have to go and meet them at all. Other thing is, even for traditional businesses in today's world, they're getting used to doing business online. So it's making our life easy. So we're not just limited to Java Island. We are quite spread out across multiple islands, Kalimantan, Bali, across Indonesia today. That's awesome. And for earn wage access, are you generally the business model is generally taking a fixed percentage fee out of the time that every time that employees withdraw the cash, right? How do you think about monetization or business model beyond uh, earn wage access? So our monetization strategy is often, you know, we partner with the employer and then the employer decides the structure they want to offer to their employees. So it could be a fixed fee, it could be a percentage price, there are caps involved. It totally depends on how the employer wants to design the product. And that that is our vision of creating this uh, product that's fully customizable, right? Like the employer, whatever features they want, how they want to present it, they decide. Now, answering more on monetization, one of our company principles is build monetizable products. That's a vision we're very clear is that a product may not be able to monetize today, but there should always be a path of monetization. So today we charge the employer for the services which we provide, but there are certain features which we provide just for engagement, especially around employee management uh, tools. But in the future, we plan to monetize the employer for those features as well. So it, it comes down to building a platform approach where you have earned wage access, you have financial benefits, you have health benefits, you have you know education benefits, and certain segment of the part of the business we monetize. But today we are still early. We are a young company, so a lot of our focus is on growth. Hmm. So it sounds like the employers are your main customers, basically. We they're are a B two B company. Yeah, yeah, they're the one who decides which structure to use, and therefore going forward, the ancillary features will depend on how they want to help provide this benefit to the employees. Absolutely, that's well well stated. Do you see yourself as a platform for distribution for other financial products as well? I mean, I noticed at the beginning you said, I thought it was kind of neat the way you called it, and I'm going to read my notes here, an employee wellness app, which kind of mirrors EWA. I like the way you did that, actually. It's kind of a neat trick. So you're not saying you're just an earned wage access um, company, but an employee wellness app. Will you offer things like insurance through this? Because it's the perfect distribution method for it. And they can since they can already pay for it through almost like direct deduction from their salary, since that's the whole idea of EWA is you have control of their salary or access to it. There are tons of other financial products you can offer them, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So when we launched last year, we were purely an earned wage access product. But one thing unique about Southeast Asia or Asia in general is a lot of the users are trained to have multiple features on one app. A single feature app works very well for the developed world. But in Indonesia, in China, in India, often people see it as a weak app, not enough features. The second thing we very quickly realized in in the launch and as we grew was that there are so much benefits we can add here for the employee and not limit ourselves to the earned wage access. So you're absolutely right. Like insurance is something we want to work on through our partners. Savings product would be something we could add more. Uh, You know, the more health-based products is an opportunity. We want to be the app of employee benefits that's offered by the employer to the employee and that contains all the benefits, full ecosystem that improves the lives of the employees on a daily basis. 
Great. I've got a thousand ideas for you. (laughs) (laughs) And Peter, can you help us understand the landscape between Southeast Asia versus developed markets? Yeah, sure. Particularly like the solution, the needs. Can you give us some color around there? No, I mean, I I get this all the time. I think uh, earned wage access is just an umbrella blanket product, right? Like what you build under that and how do you present is is the key. Now, when you look at the developed market, especially using US and Europe as an example, generally people get biweekly. There are two salaries paid in a month. Whereas in Southeast Asia, apart from Philippines, people generally get paid monthly. And we've also seen unique cases where you know, you get paid 15 days after you complete a month or a month later than your, when you complete a month. That's terrible. So the, yeah, the salary... I need, sal- I need to tell my company to use Gajikesa as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yikes. So th- that is one challenge, right? Very unique to Southeast Asia. Second is, and again, something we learned very early was that subscription model is something that works very well in the developed world. People subscribe to Netflix, Spotify, and they're just used to using subscription. So even, for example, charges a fixed fee to all the businesses and the employees of those businesses can use all the services under the platform. When you look at Southeast Asia and specifically Indonesia, employees, especially blue-collar workers, really afraid are they really afraid of the subscription model because they fear that you know they will subscribe to something and will end up paying for features that they will not end up using so today a lot of the product is designed on usage based rather than a fixed fee the third difference i would say is employer maturity in us europe even for traditional businesses there is a decent amount of technology that gets used for employee management employee tracking payroll hris Whereas when you look at the developing world, often that use of technology is missing because we have the thing of throwing bodies at a problem rather than using technology. I feel that perception is slowly changing. But again, when you speak to traditional employers and you tell them about a problem, they say that we don't need the technology. I have three people who are trying to do it on a daily basis for me. So that, those are some of the key reasons we feel that you know the developed world and developing worlds are different. But the common thread that links both of them is people especially in the blue-collar segment, struggle to make ends meet. Often they run out of capital. So services like earned wage access really changes their lives, takes them away from predatory lending and improves their life with the blue-collar workers. Do you see integrations possible with companies like Workmate? I'm not sure if you're familiar with Workmate, a company run by Matt Ward, right? Yeah. Where they actually employ all of these part-time workers and pay them kind of like a salary. It would be interesting. I wonder if you could integrate with them as well and provide them with the EWA services. Is that something that you already do? Yeah. And just by, I'll start by saying is I know Matt and I found him one of the most amazing thought leaders in the space in the region. And he's, you know, he's been working on it for a long time. Yeah. And just a good guy, to be fair. Just amazing. We've had yeah. a few conversations and I always enjoy talking to him. But, you know, j- just to answer your question. Yes, of course. Right? Like they are solving a problem for the blue-collar workers. That's not our focus. Right. We are providing more benefits. They are providing for uh, employers with management tools. So they are an excellent partner for us. We started you know, doing that kind of partnerships now in Indonesia, and we'll do more and more of that. Awesome. So just to summarize, a lot of respect for Workmate, and we definitely see them as a future partner. Awesome. Thank you very much. And what does the future look like for earned access in Southeast Asia? 
So I think there are, there are tons of opportunities. The way I think about it is that earned page access is more of a feature, not a company as a whole. And, you know, something I stated earlier as well, we are an employee wellness app. We are an employee benefits app, and we can continue to add more features that are going to improve the lives of blue-collar workers. And earned wage access will just become a feature for us. When you think about the U.S. or European markets, what we've seen is companies on earned wage access-focused businesses would either end up building an employee-focused business, you know, going into the neobank world, or an employer-focused business, which could be HR, payroll. I think we have figured out our sweet spot, which is benefits, and that is something we want to focus on, and that is going to be a growth model. That's amazing to hear. And just shift gear to the, you know, founder story a little bit here before we end the conversation. So what was the challenge you found when starting a fintech company in Indonesia? And this is your first company, right? Yes, this is like my first. Like I've always been working with founders and I thought it was easy, but <laughs> once you get into it, you realize it's has always been on the other side. Well, life is, you know, uh, you think it's easy, it's really not. But to answer a couple of challenges, I think there's so many challenges, but two things that come to mind is one is we started in the middle of COVID. You know, we registered the company when Singapore was in lockdown, Indonesia was in lockdown. So we call ourselves COVID baby. We started in the middle of COVID. We hired people in the middle of COVID. Uh, and when you do that, I think we had a great vision and mission and people associated with us, joined our team and, you know, uh, joined our mission. But running a company remotely, as well as building culture, thinking about team members, thinking about their growth, thinking about their everyday needs and what makes them happy, sometimes gets tougher, you know, uh, completely on Zoom. So Martina and I spent a lot of time in Indonesia late last year and early this year. And as soon as the border opens, we'd love to go there and spend just more time with our team members. I think the second challenge is when you pioneer a new industry, when you you know literally launch a new business model, there is a decent amount of education that needs to happen. Uh, so that's what we came across last year when we talked about earned wage access. People would just not understand and be like, what are you doing? We've never heard of this before. So it took us a while to build that education of how we you know, partner with employers and create values for their employees. So we've reached a stage where when we talk to employers, they're like, oh, I've heard about you. I read an article about Gajagas. I know what you do. So life is getting easier on that front, but education is always a challenge. Similarly, when you talk to blue-collar workers, you know, they've gone through a lot of predatory lending in the past, been cheated in the past, and there is always a fear of this another app that is going to take away their money and put them in a tough spot. So that relationship building, that understanding of Gajigesa product for the employees is also very important. And that is something we continue to build on. Again, it's getting easier as we grow, but I feel like we just have to do a lot more to educate our user base of all the benefits of Gajigesa. Do you see Gajigesa being a regional company or will you focus in Indonesia because it's such a big market already? Indonesia is a massive market. We always say 260 million people, a decent population, different metric from different websites, but roughly 100, 100 million people are underbanked and unbanked. Yep. So massive opportunity for us, and that's going to be our focus. Well, never say never, but today we are an Indonesia-focused company. That's great. Thank you so much, Vidit, for spending time with us today. No, thanks a lot. It was a fun chat. Thank you. Thank you both.